This is Emotional Management, a weekly checkup from the neck up with Dr. Christian Conti, brought to you by Summit Psychology Services on KDKA Radio. Hey, happy Monday night. This is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. This is the show where we get to talk about you, whatever's going on in your life. And we're going to talk emotions. We're going to talk that stuff that's tough to deal with. Look, it's no secret that we live in a society that is pretty angry. We have a lot of people struggling with anger. Unfortunately, all too often, we believe that that anger lies with others. We look at everyone else's anger and we can judge others' anger because when we listen to other people's anger, we say, well, this is out of proportion. This is this is out of proportion for what needs to be experienced in this moment. And it's fascinating because the reality is that anger is anger across the board, but when other people experience it, we can look back with a mindful eye. But when we experience it, we are so convinced that it's righteous. We're so convinced that our anger is rightfully justified that we don't recognize that our anger is also contributing to the content that's out there in the world. Look, if the entire world was a painting and what you spoke to the world got projected out onto a giant canvas, whatever you speak, that's the that's your part of the picture. That's what you're contributing to the content that exists in the universe. And so if you if you dole out anger, if you are, if you're, you're spewing anger and, and, and you feel like, oh, listen, I'm so justified in this anger, then you are contributing that to the content of the universe. I know what it's like to struggle with anger. I know what it's like to, to feel justified in that emotion, but I also know that it's not comfortable. And so you, you might be experiencing anger and and, and what I'm saying resonates with you. You say, yes, you're right. I do have this anger. I don't like it. It's not comfortable, but I don't know how to get rid of it. Well, that's why I'm here for you. That's why KDK does this show. 866-391-1020 is the number. If you want to call and be a part of the show, you just dial 866-391-1020. Or, of course, you can always email on the Dollar Bank Instant Access at kdkaradio.com. And you can text us, too, at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line. That's the best deal in Pittsburgh. So if you are struggling with anger, and, and maybe you say, well, I'm not struggling with anger. I'll tell you what, I'm really angry, and you're not recognizing that it's impacting your relationships, then give me a call. Let's talk about it. I, I hate to see people struggle with anger, and most times people don't realize it. They don't realize that they actually have an issue with it. So I, I say this, if one person has told you once and maybe in the heat of the moment that you struggle with anger, maybe it's not true. Maybe it's not. But look, if one person has told you more than once or more telling, if more than one person has told you that you struggle with anger and you don't see it, it's really likely that they're accurate and you're just not seeing it. And the reason why you don't tend to see your anger is this. We have a tendency to judge people by their actions, not their intentions, but we judge ourselves by our intentions. So you see your intentions. You know what you meant to do. You know what you didn't mean to do. You know what you meant to say, and you know what you didn't mean to say, but you don't experience 
others in regard to their intentions, you experience them in regard to their actions. And the same is true of you. People experience you by what you're giving off. And all too often, people get caught up saying, well, you know what? Well, listen, what I'm angry about, I have a right to be angry about this. And, you know, you have a right to feel however you want to feel. But you also have a responsibility to recognize or you at least have a responsibility for what you put out in the universe. Whether or not you recognize that, that's up to you. That's up to your your path. I mean, it's one of the reasons why I wanted to do this show is to help bring awareness and shine some light on some things that we're doing. There was a blind man who was staying at a friend's house, and when he was getting ready to leave his friend's house, his friend said, here you go, take this lantern. And the man said, I'm blind, I don't need a lantern. And his friend said, look, the, the light is for others to see you. And so he said, okay, thank you. So he takes the lantern and he goes about his way. He's walking home and someone bumps into him and he falls to the ground. He gets really angry and he says, uh, what's the matter with you? Can't you see my light? And the stranger reaches down to help pick him up and he says, brother, your light burned out. Your light burned out. All too often that is us. We, we think that our anger is justified and righteous and we don't see it. We don't see the impact that we're having in relationships. We don't recognize the ways in which we are toxic at times when it comes to negativity. And I'm going to hit on negativity tonight. I'm going to hit on it in a way that shines light on it and hopefully can really help you deal with it. Because when we are dwelling in negativity, we often feel so justified in what we're saying that we don't realize that we're actually a part of the problem. I was talking to someone this week who was struggling with some cardiovascular problems and high blood pressure, and she was dealing with a lot of negativity. And what she was not recognizing was that her own contributions to negativity were actually hurting her cardiovascular system. So maybe you're struggling with high blood pressure. Maybe you're struggling with health issues and perhaps very much, perhaps those issues are exacerbated by your mental and emotional state. If that's the case and you want to learn more about what's going on inside you, as well as what you can do to realistically make the type of changes that will be best for you and for everyone around you, give me a call. The number is 866-391-1020. And again, you can call in. You can be anonymous. I know a lot of times people say, well, I want to call in, but I'm kind of afraid to call in. I don't, I don't want people to, to recognize me. Well, listen, you can make up a name. This is radio. And it's funny because we often believe that everyone out there will recognize our, our voice. Everyone out there will recognize us instantly. But the reality is we are all inundated with our own issues. That's why I say time and again, there are two types of people in the world. There are people who have issues and dead people. So we all have issues. You do, I do, we all do. But we're also inundated by our issues that we don't really focus on others' issues as much as 
you know, people, you might think that someone's focusing on your issue. So you definitely have an opportunity to call in. You can make up a name if you want, but I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to have some dialogue with you. The number is 866-391-1020. And of course, you can email on the Dollar Bank Instant Access at kdkaradio.com, or you can text us at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line. This is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti on KDKA. This is Emotional Emotional management. I always love the music intro. I get excited coming in off that music intro. I get excited about a life. I'm telling you what, this is this is going to be a great show tonight, and I would love for you to be a part of it. 866-391-1020 is the number. Dollar Bank Instant Access, kdkaradio.com, or you can text us at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line. That's the best deal in Pittsburgh, and we will get to some of your texts and emails coming up. Uh, I want to take a moment to say happy birthday to my dad. It's going to be his birthday here this week. So happy birthday, dad. So if you want to wish my dad a happy birthday, here's what to do. He has a, a website called This Is Not Your Practice Life. So it's called This Is Not Your Practice Life.com. And check it out. He's got blogs. They are fascinating. They're super interesting. I can promise you that no matter what your level of education, you will learn new vocabulary probably in every single blog because he is absolutely brilliant and the blogs are insightful. So they're awesome. So check it out. This is not your practice life.com. It's such a great saying. So he, he's been saying this, you know, my entire life. Um, this is not your practice life. In other words, you got to put everything into every moment in your life because this is it. This is your life right here, right now. And I just absolutely love Love that saying. I embrace that. I throw myself out there into new experiences and I do things guided by that saying, saying, look, this is this is my time right here, right now. And I want to put everything into it because I'm not going to get this moment back. Um, and then what I also like about that is I've, I definitely buy fully into that statement, obviously. But one of the things I say about therapy and counseling sessions and this radio show is here's an opportunity for us to practice what might come up in your life. So, no, this is not your practice life, but we can spend these moments practicing for what might come up. You know, a lot of times when you're uh, parents and grandparents of young children and they're going to encounter a new situation, most parents, most grandparents end up parenting in a reactive way. In other words, they wait until a child encounters a situation, and then once that child encounters that situation, they say, okay, well, here's what you should have done. And well, look, we can't go back in time. We can't get those moments back. So what is insightful is to go ahead and practice ahead of time. In other words, let's say you're gonna take your young child to the park, and you want to go to the park. Now, you know there's going to be a beginning moment to arriving at the park, at the playground. There's going to be a middle to that moment. And then there's going to be an ending part when you're going to have to leave. And many young children, they don't want to leave, obviously, because they want to stay in and continue to have fun. And look, children, it's not their job to just be uh, come out of the womb mindful and understand and conscious and recognize long-term situations. It's their job to just come out, and it's our job to teach them. And so... What if you, the next time you take your children to a playground, you actually talk about it ahead of time. Look, we're going to go to the playground. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, but look, if we didn't 
If we didn't leave this experience right now, we could never get to the actual playground. And the same is true when we head into the playground. If we don't leave the playground at some point, we won't be able to move on to the next adventure. So you want to be proactive in talking about the situations that your children might encounter. And the more you can talk about it ahead of time, the more prepared they can be just as in everything in life. And it's really the theme of what I wanted to hit on tonight, which is this, we we master what we practice. We master what we practice. So if you, if you practice complaining, if you practice dwelling in the, in the realm of negativity, then you're going to get really, really good at that. And Unfortunately, when you get really good at complaining, when you get really good at negativity, you don't recognize your own toxicity. You don't recognize that you are actually producing a toxic outcome for others and toxic energy to be around. And because we don't recognize it because we feel so justified in doing it, we have a a tough time recognizing the part we play. So... To be mindful of the part you play, that takes discipline. That takes effort. I was talking in a a maximum security prison in Georgia one time, and I had a group of inmates who were in a restricted housing unit. It's what you would know as solitary confinement or or the hole. And so there was a, I I actually pulled out uh, 10 inmates and were talking to them. And I had, I said at the end of the talk, there were nine of the inmates, nine out of 10. I'm not, this is not a a, a commercial. It's true. Nine out of 10, nine out of 10 inmates said, when I got done speaking, they said, well, there's a lot I'm taking from this. I really appreciate this. And so I asked the 10th inmate, I said, is there anything that you'll be taking from this talk? And he looked at me with a stone cold look and he said, no. And I said, okay, what, what didn't resonate with you? And he said, you need to be giving this talk to the corrections officers. And I said, well, you know, actually I am giving this talk to the corrections officers, but the ones whom you really wanted to hear it, they probably responded just like you did. And in that moment, he got awareness. He realized that, oh my goodness, I stayed closed off this entire time. I sat here and I stayed closed off thinking about who else should be hearing it. And I didn't work on myself. And now I'm going to magically expect that the other people around me are going to just magically get this message too. Time and again, over and over, we believe that it's other people who are the issue and we don't recognize that we are also contributing to it. See, we minimize the the damage we do in the world and we maximize the damage others do so we can stand on a soapbox and and we can pontificate about what's wrong with the world, but my goodness, is it difficult for us to step back and say, wait a minute, what, what part did I play in this? So my wife and I have been married for 19 years. We've been together for 20, uh, 21 years. And, uh, if we, in every given interaction that we have, I could be a hundred percent right in the situation. And I always joke and say, I usually am, but I'm not. But, but I, let's say I'm 100% right. There are still things that I'm doing that are ineffective. And there are always things I can do to improve. So instead of just preaching this type of message, I live this message and say, and every given interaction, there's something I'm doing that might not be as effective or something I could do more effectively next time. In, in so doing, I own responsibility for my role. I was talking to a group of people today and They were coming up with some really good ideas for people who were not in our presence. And I said, you know what? I mean, 
I feel like the group is really vibing now off these wonderful ideas for these people who aren't in our presence. And the reality is we could come up with Nobel Prize winning ideas, but if they're not here, then they can't hear what we're talking about. So let's revert to the only, let's revert to focusing on the only person that you could ever control in your entire life. That's you. You are the lone person who is in control of you. There was a a book I read years ago called The Courage to Teach by Palmer, and he talked about how with uh, in in terms of teaching, literal teaching, when teachers are in the classrooms, they're isolated. They don't really get a chance to see how other teachers are executing their craft. They don't get a chance to watch other teachers teach once they start doing it. And then, you know, once you get into that pattern and you get that classroom, well, there you go for the rest of your career and you stay isolated and many teachers stay isolated and they don't talk to one another. So they don't, they don't start to evolve. They don't get better. They just kind of, they get to a certain plateau and they stay there. And so what he was saying is in the courage to teach is sometimes it takes courage to just step outside your way of seeing things from your own classroom and to step into your colleagues' classrooms and figure out what they're doing and listen. Even if you don't do it physically, even if you just sit and listen, what are you doing? How are you getting through to the students? There is a way. And the more we prepare ourselves, the better we get at it. 866 391-1020 is the number here. If you want to call and be a part of the show, you can email at kdkradio.com or text at 866-391-1020. This is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti on KDKA Radio. This is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti on KDKA Radio. 866-391-1020 is the number Dollar Bank Instant Access at kdkradio.com or text us at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line. That's the best deal in Pittsburgh. So I was talking to a woman the other day. I started to mention this about who was struggling with this, uh, you know, high blood pressure. And she was saying, man, listen, I'm. I'm surrounded by negativity. My colleagues are negative. Uh, you know, I feel like everyone around me is is very negative. And so I said to her, look, she she was talking about how she and her colleagues would bond over this negativity. So they would kind of like, so they're all, they talk about how they dislike, you know, you know, other people in the workforce or whatever. And they, and they're really upset with it and they're upset with the direction and everything like that. So here's the challenge. When you're stuck in a position like that, um, uh, my advice was this, if, if you really have true friends and let's say you're struggling with addiction, maybe you're, maybe you're struggling with, um, alcoholism. And so if you have friends who understand that they're not going to offer you a beer and you know, if they do offer you a beer that they really don't have your best interest in mind. Well, now let's come back to this idea that we know, we know emotions have a direct physiological effect on your body. So if you're having high blood pressure, then negativity is toxic to you. It's toxic to be around. So if you have friends who uh, engage in that uh, negativity, then they, it's an equivalent to someone offering you a beer if you're struggling with alcoholism. So 
you want to be mindful that what they say, and you might say, well, no, listen, we're, we're bonding over this. No, you're really trapping yourself in a world of toxicity, in a world of negativity. And there's a difference between uh, venting for a moment about a situation and staying stuck complaining. And let, let me tell you, to be super clear, most people will say that they're just venting. And I'm air quoting, you can't see that on the radio, but it's just venting. It's not just venting if you're saying it over and over. It's not just venting if you're upset with everything your manager does. If you're upset with everything your boss does, it's no longer just venting. It's actually being very negative. And that negativity, if for no other reason, if you can't see the bigger picture that you're actually contributing to a really negative and toxic work environment, then do it for yourself. Do it for your own heart. Allow your own heart to speak and say, you know what? I don't want you getting caught up in this toxicity. I don't want you getting caught up in this negativity. To find peace, that's really what it's about for all of us. So we all have our own paths. We all have our own obstacles that we encounter and we all struggle at times. But ultimately, I think all of us would say at some, in some way that at the end of it all, we want peace. We want peace. When you're young, you might think you want things. You want to have objects. You want to have some, you know, the new latest, shiniest thing. As you get older, you realize that the most important things in life are peace and finding peace. And so what if we pursued peace from a much younger age? What if we could start right now from this moment pursuing peace? And one way to do that is to be mindful of what you're bringing to the present moment. So if you're bringing in this moment negative thoughts like, oh, no, this is terrible, that is terrible, then you are contributing to unrest in your own mind and I was saying earlier about the courage to teach, and I was referencing that book on how Palmer said, let's get into other people's classrooms to really see what others are doing and learn from that. And my point in bringing that up is we don't really get a chance to look into other people's minds. We get trapped in our own mind. We get trapped in our own psyches, and we don't really take a moment to look and see what other people are experiencing as well. But when we do, when we step back, and that's one of the reasons why I love when people call into the show so other people can hear, like these are, these are universal issues. What you're struggling with is a universal issue. There are really only a handful of primary emotions, which means out of the seven plus billion people on the planet, there are in every given moment, millions upon millions of people who are feeling exact primary emotions as you are. So even though those moments can feel like you're so alone, so you're so lost and no one could ever understand what you're experiencing, the reality is there are really only, some people say only four primary emotions, some people say seven, but the reality is there's only a handful and whatever those primary emotions are, the point is this, you are not alone in how you feel. And sometimes you can feel like you're alone. Sometimes you can feel lost. And if you are feeling lost, if you're feeling like, man, I would love to have some insight into the journey in my mind. Well, I'm here for you. 866-391-1020 is the number to call in and talk about it. I wanted to hit on anger tonight and really get into the anger because we see anger everywhere. It's not hard to just see just the rage. And social media is often an outlet for people to just kind of go off and, and show this rage. And I'm not sure that there's 
there are new feelings that people haven't felt throughout all of human history, but there's certainly more access now to seeing how people feel. And there's also this entitlement amongst all of us to believe that the world should know how we're feeling in every given moment. Whatever happened to, let me take a moment and kind of reflect on this. Instead, if I have the slightest discontent, I just post about it online and let the whole world know, hey, listen, that 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 milkshake didn't taste like what I thought it should have tasted like, and I need everybody to know I'm upset with it, or hey, that, was, that cost more than I thought it was going to cost, and I'm so upset, and I want to tell the world about it. And then we want to rally others to feel exactly the way we do, because we get lost in our own minds. So we rally, we get people, we say, listen, I want to get as many people to jump on board, because the more people I can get on board with the way I'm thinking, then that proves I'm right. But here's the deal. You are always right in terms of how you feel. You're never wrong in how you feel. What Where we get wrong is how we interact with each other, how we treat each other, and how we kind of exude that emotion. But how you feel? No, you're always right for how you feel. It's just the challenge of thinking that, A, I need to share it in every given moment with everyone. I need to let everyone know in those moments of discontent, this is how I feel. And then it becomes oftentimes a competition where when people get attention for, um, I, if you say, hey, listen, I, I, I complain, this, this happened to me, and then I get other people kind of giving me validation from that, and I'm not getting that anywhere else, and I'm getting it online, then now it becomes uh, almost a competition. Well, you had a tough time. Well, let me tell you about my tough time. My tough time is bigger than your tough time. And then now we start to get these just people go on and on talking about their tough times and they're almost like it's a badge of honor to go through a tough time and to get support online. So it's important to step back in the midst of all that chaos, in the midst of all that we put out there in the world, to step back and realize that we alone are in control of our minds. You alone are in control of your own mind and you're the only one who can really truly navigate that mind. People like me, we're here to help you kind of guide you through that process, but ultimately it's you who takes that journey. Ultimately it's you who goes deeply into your own mind. And look, we all need insight. We all need times where we have someone say, Hey, listen, can you help me look, you know, give me guidance on this. And I think there's a big difference between reaching out to people and saying, can I get some guidance here? Can I get some insight? Can you help me? Can you help me look at this from a different perspective? I think there's a big difference between that and just uh, just being angry and spreading gossip and spreading negativity. And you know when you're participating in that. You know that. You know how it you know how it feels probably to be on the other end of gossip. And then you know what it's like to be a part of spreading gossip. And in that moment, and here's why I think we do it. In that moment when we spread gossip, it's like, hey, we have we have attention. We're getting somebody's attention. Ooh, we've got the scoop and it's juicy and I'm going to tell you about it. But then we really look at what we're contributing. What are we painting in the universal picture of life? What are we really painting? What's our part? Because remember, every moment that we're talking gossip, every moment that we're saying something negative, we're painting a part that is not something that we're probably going to be very proud of in retrospect. And to be proud of what you're painting takes effort. And, and the more effort you put into what you're doing, the more you can reflect with pride and say, look, I really put my best into this. You do not put your best moment out when you're just gossiping. You do not put your best moment out when you're trying to tear others down and 
you might be struggling right now and think, well, I have these emotions. I am angry. I'm angry with these people. I just don't know what to do with it. If I'm not supposed to gossip, what am I supposed to do? Well, you're supposed to give me a call. 866-391-1020 or dollar bank instant access at kdkradio.com or text me at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line. That's the best deal in Pittsburgh. This is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti on KDKA Radio. You're listening to Emotional Management with Dr. Christian Conti on KDKA Radio. Hey, this is Emotional Management, the show where we talk about the things that can help you live a more peaceful life. And if you want to talk, if you want to, if you really want to get some insight onto what you're going through, 866-391-1020 is the number. Um, people could feel nervous calling in, but honestly, I, I think if you, well, once you call in, I think you'll see it's a little different than what you might experience. Plus, your story is you won't. I don't think people are going to pick up on your story as quickly as you might think that really this is a big area and this is a wide range and it's important. I think when you, when you have the courage to call in, I think one of the great things is other people learn from that experience. So again, 866-391-1020 is the number and then dollar bank instant access, kdkradio.com. And you can text us at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line. And we will get to some texts and some emails. Um, but I, I kind of wanted to, um, I want to share a story. Um, there was a, there was a man I was working with in prison about maybe six years ago. And this is a pretty powerful story, but this this man, he was in his twenties at the time, and he was in a restricted housing unit. So he was in he was in a, in a, you know the solitary confinement, and he he had gone out to court. And when you go out to court, when you're in solitary confinement, it's a big process. So you kind of have to go off into another institution. So he was gone for about a month. And he and I, we always had really good conversations. He is a, a, a really intelligent um, man and we had some great conversations. So he was gone for court for a, a month. When he came back, he had found out that he was gonna do another extended period of time when he was done with his state time based off a, a, another crime that he had uh, committed. So he came back and he was came into it. He was in his cell and I had just found out that he had this news. Like, you know, and so I said, I came up to him and I, to his cell door and I said, listen, I, um, I hate to see you here. I'd see anybody here, but I, I certainly missed the conversations that we had. We always had good conversations and, um, you know, I always enjoyed the conversations that we had. And he said, listen, I did too. He said, but I learned something when I was away, when I was away at court, I realized something profoundly. Now imagine he's standing on the inside of a prison, prison cell and there's a three inch door three inch thick door in front of us a real narrow window in which we can actually communicate and so he said to me i want you to have that visual of this 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 man is incarcerated he's an inmate on the inside and so he's standing there and he said listen i learned something very powerful he said uh I realize that the reason why you're standing on that side of the door and the reason why I'm standing on this side of the door is because in life, it all comes down to decisions. The decisions you made in life put you there and the decisions in life put me that I made put me here. And I said, my goodness, is that powerful? I said, listen, I know you just got some really tough news that you're going to be spending an extended period of time um, uh, incarcerated and it can feel like your impact isn't going to go much bigger than these cell walls. 
but I want you to know something. I speak, I go all over the country. I speak to thousands of people all the time. And what you just said, that moved me, that resonated with me deeply. And I'm going to share your story. I'm going to, I'm going to, so the words you just said, they're going to move through me. And you talk about the ripple effect and it's going to ripple out very wide. And I want you to know you're going to impact people in ways that you don't even realize. And that advice about decisions that life comes down to decisions like that's really going to impact people's lives and change the course for many young people's lives. And he said, I appreciate you saying that. Um, and I, I think that meant a lot to him. And I mentioned that story because I, I had a chance to, I was at a, I was at a place today where he was and I got a chance to visit with him. And I said, listen, I just want you to know, I still tell, I still tell your story. And I said, it's, uh, I want you to know that I'm still impacting people by you impacting people through me. And I want you to know that. So it was, it was a powerful moment. And, um, you know, a lot of times we judge books by the cover. We say, well, if this is a person and this is what they're, they're about, then I'm going to make a bunch of, um, judgments and assessments about who this person is, even though we very much would not want that done to us. We do that to others. And even though we all can rattle off the statement and say, oh, yeah, don't judge a book by its cover, the reality is how often do we do it? How often do you do it? How often do you judge others by one or two little things? How often do you judge people by, you know, their worst moments in life? And I, I was saying this all the time. I said this on a YouTube video a few weeks back and a guy wrote in and he said this, that particular line that really sat with me and it really impacted me. He said, it's so true. Cause I, I said in my video, I said, look, you don't want to be judged by your worst moment. So why judge other people by theirs? But that's so true. We do. We, we, we look at people and we say, look, you are that one terrible moment. That's who you are. And I can't see past that. I can't see you as anything more than that. But could you imagine if there was one paragraph written about you and that paragraph summed up the way everyone saw you and that was the essence of who you were? You would not want that. You wouldn't want to be defined by your worst moment. So it's important to not define others by their worst moments. I think one of the strongest aspects to what I've gained in my life is I call it my superpower is the ability to not judge other people because look, we've all gone through stuff. We've all done things. Um, we've all, we've all done things that we're proud of. We've all done things we're not proud of. We've all experienced, you know, a range of emotions. And so we all, we haven't had each other's experiences. Of course we couldn't possibly have had each other's experiences, all too often people say to me, well, you can't understand what I'm going through. And I say, you're right. I can't. Absolutely not. And the only reason why we ever tell people been there, done that. The only reason why we ever tell people that we know exactly what they're going through is because we're highly insecure and we want them to know that we understand them. But the truth is we don't understand people and that's okay. Our goal is not to understand each other. Our goal is to try to understand each other. And the difference is immeasurable. The difference is profound when we seek to understand when we seek it, but that's a constant striving. That's something that we need to do our entire lives. And it takes an ability to set our egos aside and be humble and say, listen, I don't have all the answers, but I can be here with you. I can, I can listen to you. Look, the, 
the message that that man taught me that day and that I bring to you that the decisions you make in life have put you exactly to where you are. That doesn't mean that you have had everything easy. It doesn't mean that you've had everything hard. It doesn't mean that you have ever been the reason for things happening to you, but it does mean that you are responsible at all times for what you do with what happens to you in life. So if you're in an earthquake, you didn't cause that earthquake to happen, but you cause, or you certainly impact how you respond to that earthquake. And whether that earthquake is a literal earthquake or whether that is an emotional earthquake, you are ultimately responsible for how you respond to the world. And I wanna help you respond in the best possible way. So give me a call, 866-391-1020. And, you know, we've got the neck coming up in the next hour. We can deal with whatever you're experiencing. 866-391-1020. KDKARadio.com is the email. Or 866-391-1020 is text. This is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti on KDKA Radio. This is Emotional Management. A weekly checkup from the neck up with Dr. Christian Conti. Brought to you by Summit Psychology Services. On KDKA Radio. Hey, Dr. Christian Conti, that's me. Give me a call, 866-391-1020, or email me on the dollar bank instant access at kdkaradio.com, or text me at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line. That's the best deal in Pittsburgh. Speaking of the right automotive text line, we have a text from Anita from McKeesport. She says, why do you think so many teens have anxiety and depression? Is it parents babying them? Great question, Anita. Hey, and if you're listening and your children, your teenagers are struggling with anxiety, with depression, with anger, give me a call. I can help you, or this is literally what I do, so I can help you help your children get through whatever moment they're experiencing, and I'm happy to do it. 866-391-1020 is the number, but let's hit that question of Anita. Why do you think so many teens have anxiety and depression? There are so many reasons. First of all, um, to really struggle with true anxiety and depression, there is a chemical, neurological component to it, and I really would love to dispel any of that stigma around being able to talk about it. Like, it is perfectly normal. You wouldn't you wouldn't say someone is uh, there's something wrong with a person because they have a headache. You wouldn't say there's something wrong with them if they have a broken arm. So I really don't like when people, you know, say speak in such negative ways about people who are struggling with depression or anxiety. Those are real and they impact people in a tough way. When it, anytime you're struggling with that, if we really looked at it neurologically, we would see that there is oftentimes a deficiency in serotonin and dopamine, and we understand that there is an actual chemical component to it. Um, That being said, in terms of parents babying children, um, I'm not sure that that is what contributes to it. I think what happens, and I think the term babying kids, I think that really comes to the light gets shined on that when we see that parents try to get their children out of experiencing consequences. And that's really not a healthy thing to do at all. To get your children to not experience consequences teaches them to keep doing it. Look, in life, would you go and touch, just ask yourself this basic question. Would you go and continually keep your hand on a hot stove 
And if your answer is no, I would not do that. There's a reason why. Because if you do that, you're going to get burned and you're not going to like the consequence. If you tell your children, you know, if your children do something and you and you get them out of it, if, if, if your children... Um, if they say they don't feel like going to school and then you allow them to not go to school when they don't feel like it, and then all of a sudden uh, they start to get in trouble with the school and you say, well, you know, you get them out of it with the school and you go to bat to fight and say, look, well, you know, it's not my fault, you know, and then now you're basically teaching them it's okay to not face the consequences for their actions. We actually say to our daughter all the time, like, you can choose to stay home or not stay home. There are consequences to what you do. There are consequences in life. But I just want to make you aware of what those consequences are. Look, children with the lowest self-esteem have no rules and no consequences. They just literally don't know their world. Think about it. Like, let's just make this analogous to getting a new puppy. Let's say you get a new puppy, but you don't give that puppy any kind of structure. And that puppy just runs all over the place and has no real sense of boundaries. You could get a lot of messes out of that. But if you um, if you really get on top of giving that puppy boundaries, then the puppy starts to understand uh, her world or his world. And the same is true with children. If you give them no rules, no consequences, they don't really have good self-esteem because they think, I don't even know what to do. I don't know how to go about this world. But if you give them rules and consequences, they have a little better self-esteem because they think, okay, I'm starting to understand my world a little bit more. But the children with the highest self-esteem have rules and consequences and explanations. In other words, they understand why it is that you're saying what you're saying. One of the worst things parents can say to their children is because I said so, because I'm your father, because I'm your mother, because that doesn't teach your children anything. And your goal is to teach your children. That is your goal is to teach your children. Again, it comes back to like being mindful that you are a role model, being mindful that you are a teacher in every given moment, you are a teacher. So the question is, what are you teaching your children? What are you teaching them? Are you teaching them that if they they have a tough emotion, you're going to save them from that emotion? I'd say, listen, it's okay if your children are struggling with a tough emotion and you let them, let's say they made a, they made a decision that wasn't the best decision. Okay. That's life. That's going to happen. And so maybe that with that comes, maybe they didn't study for a test. Okay. So maybe they didn't study for the test and they failed the test and it feels awful to them. And so now you can kind of hurry up and rush in and defend them and say, well, it's the teacher's fault that you failed this test. Um, it's the teacher. Your teacher's never been a good teacher. Or you could say to your children, and now think about what kind of lesson would your children learn from that? Or let's say your children don't study for a test. Your child doesn't study for a test and fails the test. And you say, um, well, I'm going to call the school and make sure that they let you take that test over. What message are you letting your children, what message are you actually teaching? What message is your, are your children getting? And then let's say you, your child fails a test and you say, and they forgot to study and you say, well, how does that feel? Well, it feels awful. Okay. Well, let, how about we sit in that feeling for a minute and let's learn from this feeling. Let's learn that we don't like how this feels because when you really sit in it and understand you don't like how it feels, then you'll be motivated to work harder. And you'll say, listen, if you don't like how this feels, what can you do? So imagine this whole scenario, how this would go down, because this is giving you my best. This is how I would handle the situation. I would not yell. I would not scream. I would not rub their face in it. I would say, 
tell me if you like how you feel. And if you don't like how you feel, what led to that? Well, I didn't study. I forgot to study. And then maybe they start to make some excuses and you say, listen, right now you feel awful. And one of the ways we try to get out of bad feelings is to make excuses and justify and rationalize it. But if we can learn to not do that and just own it, just kind of go with it. Listen, this feels awful. I don't like how it feels, but here's what I did to contribute to it. I just forgot to study. I chose to, to watch a show. I chose to talk to friends on, a, on, on the phone and I didn't, I didn't study. Of course, we'd all probably be shocked if our kids said they talked to someone on the phone and just text them or didn't just uh, FaceTime or do something else with the technology. Um, but if, they, if you chose to do something other than study, then it makes sense that you didn't do well on the test. Now, it's not the end of the world that you didn't do well on the test, but I would rather you sit in that emotion and learn from it and then grow and do something differently in the future than get you out of it and have you keep repeating that same mistake. And then later on in life, when you know, you do, you don't show up to work and you think, well, the boss should just let me keep working here, even though, you know, even though I didn't show up to work. No, there are choices and consequences in life. That's why my four C's are choices, consequences, consistency, and compassion. And you could read about those four C's of parenting in my book, Zen Parent, Zen child. It's all about recognizing that your children, if you want your children to be peaceful, you've got to be peaceful yourself. Hey, listen, 866-391-1020 is the number. You can dollar bank instant access. Uh, email me at kdkaradio.com or you can text me at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line. That's the best deal in Pittsburgh. This is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti on KDKA Radio. This is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. 866-391-1020 is the number. Dollar Bank Instant Access is kdkradio.com. And you can text me at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line. Let's go to Gary in uh, Gary. You're on KDK Radio. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thanks for taking my call. I, I've listened with interest, and uh, I'm calling not to uh, make judgments or anything negative, but I am very concerned. I'm, I'm, I'll be 74. I'm so glad I've made it to 74. But as I travel and go into different restaurants, especially Starbucks, I... I noticed one thing, I've noticed it for a long time, and see what you think, and you maybe noticed it too. You see, and it's usually men, uh, they're on their, they're on their computer, they're sitting down, you see their legs go up and down, their feet, how they shake their feet, their legs. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever notice, you've had to notice that. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. You know, that tells me that there's a lot of more stress out there in our culture and what they're going through. And, uh, and I, just thought, I just thought I wanted to ask your opinion of, of of that in particular. No, well, first of all, I love, um, will you do me a favor? Will you turn your radio down? 
I'm just, sorry. I'll get you. I'll, I'll go off speaker. No, I'm no, very sorry. No, 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 no worries at all. I want you to stay on. I just wanted you to turn that radio down. So, uh, so listen. I first of all, I love your observation. You're absolutely right. Like you see that, and you can see more. And it's really it's fascinating because when we watch people, we can learn. I believe more by watching people than by actually listening to them at times. And right. I, I like that idea of watching the leg shake. There, there are a couple. Well. Well, I have a couple thoughts on that. One thought is, yes, you're absolutely right. You could almost see someone struggling with um, there's more going on. That's why their body wants to keep moving. But I have to tell you, honestly, as a writer, as an author, I kind of mm-hmm. go into a zone where my wife always laughs. She's like, she's like, if I walk by your office and I see your leg moving, I know you were into like a really great idea. So like, I know like my foot, my foot's shaking. I'm like coming up with a new story. I'm coming up with a new a way to say something, and I'm really excited. And I'm thinking, probably just exuding it through my whole body. Yeah, I'm not obviously not a doctor or I'm not a professional about it, but something is causing that kind of behavior. And I see, I see a lot of it. And I see, and I'm, like I say, I hope I'm not trying to come across as negative. Or not judgmental. at all. I'm not, not at all. You're asking a genuine question. Okay, I'm not. And then in the women, they're standing up and they sway from side to side, a lot of them. You know, if you're Have watching you this at that? Starbucks, it might just be the abundance of caffeine that's flowing through everybody. Yeah, I don't know what, well, I, well, I'm usually at Starbucks in the morning, that's very true. And so so and, you get all that uh, caffeine and you start moving. Well, I never thought of that, too. I mean, that's obvious, too. But, but I do think it's a sign of our culture, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a microcosm of what, what's going on. There's there's more to be done in every moment, and people do get caught up in that anxiety of what else is going on. Mm-hmm. Actually, I mean, I think if we really kind of made that a micro, if we really did make that a microcosm and we really t- took a look at that and stepped back, when you look at social media, the whole concept is to check out what other people are doing. So there was an old Seinfeld joke, uh, if you remember the show, Jerry Seinfeld, but he said, I do. He said, men don't want to know what's on TV. They want to know what else is on TV. And so it's almost like social media is like telling us like, what else are people doing? What else is going on? And people have, and it kind of sets us up to not really be satisfied with the present moment or what we're doing because we're so engaged with what other people are doing. Well, thank you for the time. I'm really kind of concerned about it though. I really am. Uh, Looking at America, you know, there's obviously there's nothing I can do about it or whatever. Ah, here's it, where the challenge comes in. I love it. I'm going to give you a challenge, Gary. I'm going to give you something you can do about it. You can start. There was a there was a man. There were two men. They were walking down the beach. There were thousands of starfish all over the beach. And one man picked up a starfish and he's throwing them back in, throwing them back in. And his buddy said, what are you doing? He said, I'm saving them. He said, you can't save all of these. And he picked up one starfish and he looked at it and he looked at his buddy and he threw it in the ocean. He said, save that one. One starfish at a time, Gary. Well, I I totally appreciate it. Can I leave you with a thought? Because that dovetails what uh, a quote I heard. I'd like to share it with you. Give it to me, please. Be kind for everyone you meet or even talk to, even maybe even on a radio show is going, is fighting a hard battle. I love it. I absolutely love it. Thank you All so right. much. Gary, what a great call. Thanks. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
So, yeah, I love that call. I really appreciate that, Gary. Um, and you're so right. And I really do, I believe wholeheartedly in that idea that people are going through more than what you see, which is why I say time and again, let's not judge people by their worst moments because we certainly don't want to be judged by our worst moments. So I've made a career out of specializing and working with people convicted of violent crimes. And I see some really awful things and some things are really hard to watch and some things are really hard to hear about. And, you know, I'm in maximum security prisons and I'm dealing with people who've done awful things. I talked to a guy the other day who's serving uh, multiple life sentences and uh, it's a tough world. People have gone through a lot. People do a lot. I've never encountered anyone in 20,000 plus. I stopped keeping track after 20,000, but I have more than 20,000 hours of clinical experience. I mean, I thought about that the other day. I was trying to I explained that to my daughter. I was telling her about that. I mean, think about that 20,000 times of one hour sessions where I'm sitting down talking to people. And through all that time, I've learned I've never encountered someone who just randomly decided to hurt someone out of the blue. Like people, one thing has led to another in the story of everyone's life. And I believe that when we can step back, I love the way uh, Gary said it to be kind because everyone's, everyone's going through something. Um, And it's so, so true. And we are quick to judge others. But the reason why I told Gary the starfish story, and uh, I hope you're still listening because I want you to really take this personal challenge, and that is you, the next person you encounter, you look them in the eyes and you be present with them. No judgment, just be present with them. And as you're present with that person, you will have a ripple effect. They They will really appreciate that moment. And when you can appreciate that moment, now you have really given someone the experience of the present moment, not told them about it, but given them the experience of that moment. So I did a television show and a podcast with Ray Lewis, who was obviously the legendary Baltimore Raven. And as I'm doing a show in Pittsburgh, I can imagine that people get angry just thinking about Baltimore Ravens. Uh, but, uh, you know, I met Ray after he retired and we did that show together and then we did our podcast together. But he was telling me that one time he was at his son's game and people wanted to get his picture. And he said, you know, his son just, they lost the game. And so he said, what kind of father would that made me look like if I'm sitting there standing over there taking pictures with people. And, um, so I'm not going to do that. Um, he said, but I'm happy to stand here with you. I'm, I was, I'm waiting for my son and talk to you and you know, you're going to have this moment. You're going to be the rest of your life. You can be like, Hey, I sat and talked to Ray Lewis and we sat and talked to, we talked about something. We'll have this moment instead of worrying about, did I get my phone out? Did I get the right filter? Let's be present in this moment. And I thought that was a great, great message for, uh, for that person that he encountered. See, uh, moments are going to come and go. It's our job to focus on that present moment. And I really do believe very strongly that, you know, somebody with that beautiful energy that, that Gary just exuded on the phone, like that can be a really great presence for someone. And I think that when you get someone to be dialed into the present moment, I think that it helps transform them. But again, it's having them actually experience that in the moment. And that's the challenge is being able to experience it in the moment. It's not easy because we all have that tendency to lean toward the future or we get caught up in the past. So listen, people who struggle with depression have a tendency to live in the past. This should have happened. That should have happened. You know, I can't believe this. I can't believe that people who struggle with anxiety have a tendency to live in the future. What if this happens? What if 
that happens and they are living a few feet in front of themselves. But people who really truly find peace are able to live in the present moment. And the present moment is all that exists. Think about it in the history of your entire life and everything that ever has happened and will happen. This moment right here, right now is the only one that exists. So I'm so grateful you're spending it with me and on emotional management. And if you want to be a part of the show, 866-391-1020 is a number. Dollar Bank Instant Access at kdkradio.com. Or you can text us at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line. This is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti on KDK Radio. This is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. And I'm here to help you manage whatever emotions come up that you struggle with if you want insight if you want insight maybe your kids are going through something and you say wow i don't really know how to handle this situation maybe you have an upcoming interview and you think how do i handle these emotions during this interview maybe you are in a bit of a quandary over a situation a sticky situation with your family and you're wondering how do i handle this situation And how often am I going to hear the word quandary? Listen, the number is 866-391-1020. Dollar Bank Instant Access at kdkradio.com or text me at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line. That's the best deal in Pittsburgh. So I'm really in when we we think about how precious these moments are. And uh, I, I show this picture of these two dinosaurs. I found these two dinosaurs, a protoceratops and a velociraptor, and they were they were locked in a fight. They were in a fight, and in the middle of the fight, a sand dune collapsed on them, and it preserved them perfectly. It's why You can find this on Google real quick, internet search, and you'll be able to see the picture. So I show this picture to young people all the time. Um, I do a lot of work with uh, athletes, and I, I show this picture to them. I start off by showing them a picture of dinosaurs. They, you know, what, what the heck is this guy showing us? And I said, think about it. What are the odds that these two dinosaurs, they could have lived nice little dinosaur lives. They could have, you know, been a nice little dinosaur mother, a nice little dinosaur father. But in their worst moment, in their worst moment, that got captured and preserved for all time. And what do you think the odds are that that sand dune would have fallen on them and preserved that worst moment for all of time? And young people inevitably say it's pretty astronomical. And I say, listen to this in 2018, there were more than 1 trillion photos taken by more than 2.5 billion cell phone cameras. So what do you think? The odds are that your worst moment will be captured and preserved for all time. And yes, they react like you just did. That's powerful when you think about that. In any given moment, that moment can be captured. Now, that doesn't always have to be a negative thing. Sometimes some of the most beautiful moments can be captured. The question is, in with the, the lens of a divine figure... What's being captured in your present moment? What's being captured in your present moment in your thoughts by the divine? What's the divine seeing in you and the way you see the world? Is the divine seeing judgment? Are you you looking at life and through judgmental goggles? Are you talking about, you know, what other people are doing wrong? Are you owning responsibility for what you're doing in situations that could be improved upon? Look. Anxiety, coming back to the idea of anxiety and depression, it's it's relative. There are people in war-torn areas who are struggling with anxiety over whether or not they're going to be airstrikes. 
There are people with anxiety wondering whether or not they're going to see family members again. And then there are also children who are struggling with anxiety here in the United States as to whether or not their 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 friend is going to get back to them over text message. And it's all relative to them. Each person, that anxiety is important, whatever that is. In the larger context, we can obviously say someone who's struggling with wondering whether or not they're going to survive that is uh, a much more pressing and, and, and real anxiety. But the truth is, neurologically speaking, if we just looked at the human brain, an adolescent who is struggling with anxiety is going to look similar, whether or not the issue, what they're struggling about, that could be entirely different. Now, that's important to understand because when you really realize that neurologically, if someone is struggling with anxiety as a young person because they are worried about a situation at school, you might be able to say because you've already made it through middle school or you've already made it through high school, it's easy to look at your children and say, ah, it's not that big of a deal. Ah, you're going to get over that. But to them, it is a big deal. And I think it's really important to take the time to validate them and say, like, teach me about what you're experiencing right now instead of trying to tell them that they're not feeling the way they're feeling. Oftentimes, as adults, we try to control the outcome for our children. We say, listen, this is the path you need to take. Meanwhile, we didn't listen to that path when we were young. People told us to do this and people told us to do that. And sure, we might have listened here or there, but we didn't take every direction. And nor should we have taken every direction from everyone because that takes away our own ability to make choices and our own ability to to live according to our own will. So wanting children to do exactly what you want them to do or have the exact outcome that you want, like that comes from a place of anxiety yourself as a parent. I always say there are two different worlds. I told you there are two kinds of people in the world, people with issues and dead people. And now I'm going to tell you about two different worlds I see. There is what I call the cartoon world, which is your world of shoulds. This is how the world should be. People should do what I want. My children should go out with who I want them to go out with. They should take the courses I want them to take. They should do the things I want them to do. And then there's the real world, which is they don't always do that. They're not going to date who you want them to date. They're they're not always going to do the things you want them to do. And as long as you align your expectations with the cartoon world, you're going to be let down a lot. And you're probably going to get into arguments. You're probably going to even put barriers up between you and your children. But when you learn to align your expectations with the reality that whatever they're choosing is what they're choosing. And now we want to meet them where they are and go from there. You're going to have a better chance to connect with your children. Look, we put up barriers all the time. Imagine if we put a, a drove a bus between you and your child and then you try to hug your child. You can't hug them because there's a bus there. Well, Think about the bus being an analogy for nagging your children, for telling your children that they're wrong for how they feel, telling your children that what they're experiencing isn't really that big of a deal, telling your children that, you know, they're not really going through real trouble right now. That's like putting a giant bus between the two of you and then expecting to be able to hug them. You want to be mindful to make yourself a space that can connect with your children. And that doesn't mean that you can't tell your children what you value. It doesn't mean you can't tell your children what you, you know, what you really means a lot to you, but it does mean to be mindful as to whether or not you are just talking at your children or if you're really connecting with them. 
as a therapist who has, you know, sat with people in the, the space of confidentiality. I've heard people say through the years, you know, my, my mom and dad say this, but I don't, I don't, they just talk at me. Like I don't, they don't listen to me. They don't understand me. They don't try to understand me. And I've seen that so many times that I know for me, it was always a value to say as a father, which is the most important thing in the world to me, I want to always make myself a safe space for my daughter so that I can connect with her. And if there's ever a disconnect, I want to figure out what I'm doing that is contributing to that so that I can at least work on my part. At the end of the day, we can only work on our own parts. And a lot of times I'll, I'll tell stories about the work I do in the prison system and people say, oh, okay, that's inmates. But listen, first of all, inmates are human beings. And second of all, sometimes I say it in those stories, but the reality is that's all of us. That's all of us. I was talking to a guy who's serving multiple life sentences uh, the other day. And he said to me, listen, I'm agreeing with most of what you're saying. He said, but what the only part that I really don't agree with, he said, you don't understand there's there's a time in life where you have to draw that line and you have to respond in violence. And I said, listen, I'm not saying I'm not saying I disagree with you at all. I think there probably is that time. But the reality is, I think that the time that the line that you're drawing in the sand, I think you're drawing it way too large. And he, he kind of finished my sentence. He said, yeah, you're right. It is. It's too big. In other words, you're saying that if someone looks at you wrong, well, now that's the time to respond in violence. No, listen, if someone's physically assaulting you and attacking you or attacking your family, okay, go ahead and defend yourself. But if someone's disagreeing with your opinions, if someone's, uh, you know, they don't, they don't uh, do the things you want them to do, they don't believe the things you want them to believe, that's not a reason to act out in violence. And, uh, and I think we're caught up in that a little too much. And, and I know I'm going to, I know for the, the latter part of this show, I'm going to talk about that impact of anger because so often people are exuding the ex- type of anger that really ties them into doing the very behaviors that they don't like in others. So I'm going to teach you a little bit about the shadow at the, at the, at the end of this show, the number is eight, six, six, three, nine, one, 10, 20. There's still time to call and be a part of the show. You can also email at kdkaradio.com or you can text us at eight, six, six, three, nine, one, 10, 20 on the right automotive text line. Um, I do a YouTube channel, which you just go to YouTube and type in Dr. Christian Conte, C O N T E. And you'll have a chance to access, uh, those videos. That's a free thing. You can just go on, click subscribe. And, uh, and I do a lot of different videos for emotional management and for health. Like, look, we need emotional, mental well-being. I don't think there are enough services out there in the world, and that's why I choose to do it. So give it a t- uh, give it a chance to check it out. This is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti on KDKA Radio. You're listening to Emotional Management with Dr. Christian Conti on KDKA Radio. Hey, this is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. Got a great little uh, text on the right automotive text line from Haley. She says, my mother taught me that there's a reason why the rearview mirror is so small and the windshield is much bigger. Don't always look back. Look forward. I love that, Haley. That's a great, great thought. Uh, I have another text here, and it says, uh, this is an unnamed one, it says, the reality, the plane we live on is ruled by base instincts, greed, hate, jealousy, it's human nature, the oil that keeps society working, man is an animal, no amount of positive thinking can change that fact. So, uh, whereas I appreciate this type of thought, 
um, yes, we are um, a human. Yes, we are uh, an animal in that sense, for sure. Um, and sure, greed, hate, and jealousy are natural emotions. But to say that no amount of thinking can change that is not in line with everything I've learned and experienced in my life and been able to change uh, in, in, in myself and in others. I'll give you an example. Let's talk about jealousy. Um, a lot of times people come to therapy and they're struggling with jealousy and they're, they're so jealous that it impacts their relationship and they're not able to have a good connection or a good relationship because that jealousy is so toxic. But then when they learn about and they understand the root of that jealousy and they learn to change their self-talk around, they change that internal dialogue, that narrative around, then they lessen that jealousy significantly and sometimes erase it all together and then they connect in a much deeper way so do people have greed hate and jealousy absolutely but can they learn to change that through their self-talk Absolutely. Um, it comes down to being open to that. Now, if someone comes in and says, nothing can never change, there's no way, there's no sense of changing, there's no thoughts that can change anything, then no, that particular person's not going to change and they're going to dwell on negativity because that's where they are. But is it possible to change if you try? Absolutely. Yes, it is. The more you are mindful about your thoughts. So I did this the other day. I do this a lot with people, but I, um, and matter of fact, you can, you can visualize this right now too. So if you're driving, please, please, please keep your eyes open during this. But here's what I want you to do is visualize that you are holding a lemon. I mean, I want you to really visualize that you're holding a lemon. Now I want you to imagine that you kind of, you, you, you feel the texture of this lemon and then you rip it open. And then you take a bite of that lemon. And when you take a bite of that lemon, it's kind of, ooh, it's so sour and you can kind of taste it. And when you pucker up, and if you puckered up right now, just visualizing a lemon, well, that was just words. You just said words, but you had a physiological reaction to those words. That's the power of self-talk. That gives a glimpse of the power of self-talk. If I can say words and make my mouth uh, salivate or pucker up by just using a mental picture or saying a word, imagine the power of all day long saying extreme language, such as no one ever does anything. Everybody's terrible. Nothing can never change. I'm certain of my perspective. Imagine the weight of what that does to you physiologically when your psychology is rooted in negativity and extreme, and not only extreme language, but inaccurate language. It's funny because I was talking to someone the other day that was, I do a lot of work in the prison system. And so obviously I face a lot of negativity and, and a lot of times it's by staff and, and, and it's a negative environment. So I understand that there's a lot that can contribute to that negativity. But one of the things I try to help people become mindful of is inaccurate language. In other words, saying no one ever supports us ever well, that's not true. That's an inaccurate statement. And if you say no one ever supports us, well, you can feel really extreme. But if you say the more accurate statement of, you know what? I didn't get supported around this one event that I wanted to be supported around. Well, that can feel a lot bigger than it actually is. But the more accurate you are in your language, the better chance you have to be balanced in your response to what happens. And that's important to know. That's really, really important to know to become mindful of how your language is impacting you. So you can say, 
you can say something like to the effect of um, everything is awful. The world nowadays is terrible. And think about what that does to you. Think about the cortisol that that sends throughout your body. You can say things like, it's not like it used to be. Back in the day, everything was great back then. Well, guess what? The more I get myself fired up about that, we have a tendency to romanticize the past. And there's a reason for that. We tend to forget the negative and we, we miss the positive. So it's a reason why a lot of people break up and then they get back together. When they get back together... They're getting back together thinking, well, I really missed this person. I missed their, the, the things that, that were wonderful about them. So then they get back together and only to find out a week later, man, we, that's why we broke up. We needed to break up. And so they, uh, they break up again quickly. And the reason why that happens is when they were broken up, they didn't think about the negative stuff. They thought about missing all the positive stuff. And we tend to romanticize that. So we say a lot of times I'll, I'll deal with people who've been at a particular job for 20 years and they're like, it's not like it used to be. Listen, at what point did you ever go to work and you were just on cloud nine and had no stresses? That's not possible. Every job has stresses. Every job has obstacles. There might have been times when you enjoyed work more here or there, but you'll enjoy it significantly less if your self-talk is that everything is terrible and everything is awful. So be mindful, be mindful of the speech that you say to yourself, because listen, you're listening. (laughs) What you say to yourself is important because you're listening. So it says, so being understanding that what you say, what you say to yourself changes significantly how you experience every given moment. So here's an exercise I have for you. If you're struggling with anger around something, I want you to try to describe the experience without adjectives. In other words, let's say someone cuts you off in traffic and you get so angry at that. Instead of saying, I can't believe this terrible, this is awful, I can't believe it. Instead, just break it down to what is. A car pulled out in front of my car. And that's it. No adjectives just the experience. The more accurate you are in your language, the more balance you have in your emotions. And this is emotional management. It's the show where you learn to manage those emotions and you can do it best by being mindful of what you say to yourself. Sure, you can think you're a realist by being really super negative, but the truth is you're just being really negative because just as much as the world isn't perfect, it's not awful either. There's a balance to it. The more you find that balance in the way you describe the world, the more you'll find the balance in how you experience the world. Hey, I'm here every Monday night from 8 to 10 bringing you this information because above all, I wish you much peace and I want you to have peace. That's why I do this emotional management. And again, every Monday night from 8 to 10, And I'm always happy to be here with you. This is Emotional Management on KDKA Radio.